This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. And we're back. How we doing, folks? How we doing, MMA Take Nerds, the, the fans of this show? You must, you must really like MMA if you, if you tune in to me, or you must really like me. Either way, thank you. Either way, I appreciate you guys listening. Pretty big episode here. This is going to be the first ever double episode. Um, if you've been following along, you know that I do one of like kind of the current events and, and what's going on around MMA and, and what I did on my last event. And then a little later in the week, I release a, uh, a, a pick'em podcast, essentially breaking down the card. Well, we're going to do that all in this episode because... Had a little trouble earlier this week with some internet. Uh, obviously, I'm recording this on a Friday. It's coming out late, but I got to get it out for the masses. And your boy's on fire. I went 11-1 and one in my Moscow, in Moscow picks. Almost a perfect night. Almost popping champagne bottles. Goddamn Mark Hunt lost it for me. I don't know I don't know what he was doing. Like, he had that fight won. I mean, the only thing that makes sense is Alexei Olenek's a robot. He cracked Alexei Olenek so hard with the right hand. I mean, so goddamn hard with the right hand, and then, I mean, he took he he took the shot. Olenek took it well, and then his leg was gone. Mark Hunt was chopping his legs gone, and then Mark Hunt went made one mistake, turned his back to Lexi, standing up on a scramble, and Lexi took him down and choked him. Mark Mark Hunt's face. I mean, Mark Hunt hasn't been spinning since Sean McCorkle. I think in his UFC debut, maybe his second fight in UFC. I'm not sure. I think it was his debut. So he hasn't been submitted since then. Obviously, Mark Hunt's not known for his ground game, but uh, you know he's competent on the ground. You know he doesn't. It obviously, doesn't happen a lot. And when Olenek got his neck, it was like he was fucking scared. He was terrified. Like, what is who? What is this thing on my neck? Oh my god, get it off me! And he tapped. I mean, he would have probably crushed this goddamn esophagus. Alexi is so strong, pretty crazy. I mean, the guy's got like almost person seventy MMA fights. That is nuts. But 11-1 on the night, I got every other one right. You know, I'm not going to go through the entire card and uh, break it down for you. I mean, Jan Blachowicz looked incredible against Nikita Korolov. Jan, I believe, was a slight under. A lot of people were riding high in Nikiva. I think Jan is a, a real contender at light heavyweight. He's only getting better. Andre Olovsky threw, threw a dud in there with Shamil. And then uh, Cajun Johnson, a lot of people thought he might have lost a, uh, a pretty controversial decision there. But it is what it is. Um, UFC Moscow, pretty fun little card during the day. 11-1 on my picks. God damn. So I did a little math because that's what I do. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a smart guy and I can do some math. After uh, Moscow, that was my 100. My, I, it all evened out to 100 fights picked so far since I started doing this thing. I'm 58 and 42. Now 58 goes into 100. That's that's 58%. So right now I'm barely failing. Like I'm right by a D. So I'm hoping these, uh, I, I took the Sao Paulo picks that were going to be at the end of the show. I took those very seriously because I need, I need to get above 60%. This is ridiculous. Ridiculous. So that was Moscow. We're not going to touch too much on it. I mean, again, I think if you're listening to this, you probably know what happened. So, uh, but yeah, Mark Hunt, man, I, I thought he would win, and I, and I love Mark Hunt, and and there's talks about him. Maybe he has one fight left on his contract. He apparently is in, in is in a lawsuit with the UFC. So, good chance if he loses that, he won't come back. Even a good chance if he wins, that he might not come back. I mean, with when you're suing your employer, I mean, I don't know how that works out. I, I've never really done that before, but I'm I'm assuming it doesn't sit right with your bosses. So. Probably his last fight. He wants to fight on the Adelaide card. He wants to finish his, his UFC career, maybe if not his entire career. And the guy's 44. And uh, Australia, I, I know uh, um, Saki, or yeah, Saki, uh, Gohan Saki, called him out and said, I'll jump up to heavyweight and fight you in Adelaide. You know, that would be a, a banger of a fight. Two world-class kickboxers, you know. And Saki's coming off a pretty ugly loss, a uh, pretty ugly knockout loss too. So he needs a, he, he would need a big win, a big spark there. But that's it. That's Moscow. We got a big show. Obviously, we're going to cover a lot of different topics. I'm going to try to keep this around an hour. I don't know. I mean, you know, I got some picks. I'm picking a full car at the end. You know, it is what it is. We'll see how this goes. But I, I want to. I want to start off with a with a pretty funny story. I believe they. I believe they, they call these antidotes. My wife always tells me that maybe you should get a little more personal on your Instagram account. 
maybe you should get more personal on your thing. And it's like, yeah, no, I don't really post on Instagram anymore. You know, it kind of, I kind of went a different, I, I kind of went a jokey, memey way with it and it just didn't work out. It just wasn't really my humor. So kind of slowed down. On that. However, I said, I can tell, yeah, I can tell some personal stories on, on the pod. So uh, for weeks now, I've been trying to get good internet. I had internet before and I felt like I was overpaying, which I was. So um, I called them to try to maybe add TV as well. I got rid of DirecTV. They're, uh, they're pricey. It's the only name I'm going to drop. I'm not going to drop any other company's names. I will drop DirecTV because I do like DirecTV a lot. But you're just way too expensive for t- all you do is sell cable or satellite. Excuse me. It's not cable. It's satellite. So I dropped DirecTV. Too expensive. Too pricey. I mean, we, we, we don't watch it enough to be spending what we're spending. So then we, I, I call a, a company that, that has my internet. Felt like I was overpaying. I get on the phone to this, this lady, and uh, you know, she goes, "Oh yeah, you're this and that. Let me, let me, let me try to figure this out." And this is she's going <sighs> on the phone for fucking twenty minutes. I'm sitting there listening to this woman breathe, typing on the keyboard, trying to figure out how to switch my account to something. All I asked for was a quote, like, "What would it be if I wanted better internet and TV?" And it just. <sighs> And I just, I hung up. I said, I can't do it. I just hung up. So a buddy of mine I, who, who has an internet company with a local company around here, he contacted me with a friend of a friend with a friend. You know the story, how it goes. So I emailed him back and forth to the guy. Very nice guy. Very, very, uh, I, and I like the company. He sent us, uh, you know, it worked out for us. Liked, liked the packages, liked everything. He came out about maybe three weeks ago. Uh, when I had the company, a tech came, and he took one look at our, our telephone pole in the back. I live in a little cul-de-sac telephone poles in our backyard between two fences with the house that's behind me looks at it there's trees there's vines there's everything around it he goes i i can't get that i can't i'm not gonna do that we'll, we'll find a signal somewhere else so he's here about three four hours trying to find a signal gets it all hooked up because the tv hooked up and their, their tv goes right into their internet and the internet is uh it you know is all connected and so he does that. He leaves, and I can't even get on the internet. I'm having trouble getting on the internet. So I finally get on the internet. And again, this this might be a really boring story. It might have a little payoff, and so so please listen to this, or or fast forward. I don't give a shit. Um, so that I, you know, I'm I'm paying for thirty megs or whatever, and I'm getting you know four. I mean, you can't even you can't even stroll Facebook on your iPhone before, and that was the highest I got. I was getting two. I was getting one. Whatever. So they sent another tech out here. This this fucking guy who thought he knew everything, test everything. Well, you know, everything seems to be working here, so I don't know what the problem is. I'm sitting there with my computer, and I flip over the, to the speed test, and I go, dude, I'm getting five. Like, well, that's pretty good over the Wi-Fi if you're not directly plugged into the modem. And I go, when when would I ever be directly plugged into the modem? My My office is in the back of the house. The modem's in the living room. Am I going to have to, you know, and, like, how big are these cords I'm starting to plug into to get what I'm paying for? Well, you know, I just I just think it, well, I can maybe boost it a little bit, but it's pretty good over the Wi-Fi. So I, I realized, okay, this isn't the company for me. This this stinks. I mean, as much as I was paying for the old Internet, which I did, it was overpaying, it was at least adequate. So the guy leaves, and I, and I, and I, I returned. I said, okay, I'm, I'm done with this company. I call back the company with the heavy breathing lady, praying I don't get the heavy breathing lady again. I didn't. I get a guy. We hook. We we get everything situated. Okay, so fast forward to this past Monday. Kid guy comes over. You know, it's a late appointment. It's like five or so. Wife's all all gacked up on uh, on on medicine because she got her wisdom teeth out. You know, I'm trying to take care of the baby. The wife's face swollen like a goddamn pumpkin. You know, trying my best here to to keep everything afloat. This guy comes over, super nice guy, young kid, just moved here from uh, Tennessee. And, um, well, actually, I jumped ahead a little bit. Let's go to Sunday, right? So Sunday morning, this is probably the, the most important part of the story. I don't know why I jumped it. So I knew he was coming over Monday, this this kid. And uh, the, since uh, the, oops, almost said the company name. The other company said I can't climb that pole because of the vines or whatever. So I go out and I buy... A pruning blade and everything. I'm like, I'm gonna take care of it Sunday morning. I get up, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a homeowner. I'm gonna go take care of this shit. Bring my ladder out there. I climb up the ladder. Can't get it from the other side. I gotta jump the fence. Being a bigger guy, I haven't jumped a fence since probably sixth grade. I mean, if I'm being honest with you. And this fence seemed a little, you know, it's it's an older fence. It's got vines all over. It's got trees growing over. It. I mean, it's kind of a mess back there. So I'm gonna climb up the ladder. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put. I'm just gonna use a little bit of my weight on the fence, push off it, and just jump over. You know, I'm athletic. I can do it. 
I put my saw over there. I was like, I'm going to put my saw down first. Because I thought I could just keep my saw in my hands, jump over it like fucking John Rambo, slicing out tree branches in midair. Just put a saw over, do my little jump. Goddamn fence pole breaks. And I go down hard. Hard right on my face, right on vines, right on twigs, right on sticks. Elbows first. I caught myself. I'm, I'm athletic. Caught myself right on my face. I am just so mad. I'm not hurt, embarrassed, pissed off. I'm cussing. My god door, goddamn next neighbor, next door neighbor's dog, this big, huge Cujo looking motherfucker, is foaming at the mouth trying to get me the whole time because I'm like inches away from him. He's ready to kill me. He's ready to hop the fence any goddamn second. So I got to deal with this fucking dog. I just fell on my face. I'm like, God damn it. I start cutting branches down. I regroup. I'm cutting them down left and right. I got to climb up the ladder to get this high one. That's basically basically the biggest problem for us is this high one. So I climb up and, I, the, you know, and, I'm, and I'm, my, I'm sawing above my head trying to get this because it was pretty high. I could, I could barely reach it. I got a six-foot ladder, and I'm only 6'8". So it's, a pretty, it's pretty high up there. Uh, so I cut the thing down, and as the right before I was about to cut, my, I get my ladder tilted because it's on uneven ground, and I fall flat on my back. My back hits the telephone pole, knocks the wind down to about thirty percent. I still have the saw in my hand. It came down. It, you know, I, I had my luckily. I'm on a, I don't have a trigger finger. Missed my finger. Missed my leg. Took the you know the blade was wasn't moving anymore, but could still could have gashed me. Finally got the thing down, cut up in my yard. It was a disaster. I'm very proud of myself. I handled that so well. I'm like, you know what? I, you, know, I, you know, it took me like two hours. Wife had to come up and help me for a little bit. So the next day, fast forward to when the kid showed up, uh, the young gentleman who helped me with the cable and the internet stuff, you know, he realized he had to run, he had to use that because uh, we already had the, their company installed, but it was installed wrong, whatever, get to the story, Brian. So, f- did all that work on Sunday where I, I was very proud of myself. He showed up and I, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I cleared that out. You know, so if you want to climb that, no big deal. You can go ahead and climb it. It's, you know, it's cleared out. I cleared it out. I cleared it out yesterday. I got a ladder out and then a saw and I cleared it out. You know, very proud of myself. And this guy goes, okay. So he pulls his ladder up there and I just, the, the, the stuff that was probably about 20 feet in the air was the problem. So everything I did the day before didn't matter because, it, it, he, he could have got it around it with his ladder. So everything that was the problem, I couldn't reach. So basically, I fell on my face for nothing, and the the gentleman had a horrible time getting the everything together. About five and a half hour job. He didn't leave till about ten thirty at night. So thank you to the gentleman that works at that that, that company for real. I mean, because he could have he could have canceled any time. Thank you to me for being a hero. And uh, trimming all that up, even though it, it didn't fucking matter. Okay, so that's my little anecdote. That's my little story. Sorry that took so long. If you're bored of that, again, just just hit that little fast forward button. Let's get into some news. I think the biggest news. Well, hold on. Let me let me. I gotta I gotta play the news clip. For what the heck do you live under a rock? That's right. News. Uh, the biggest news is obviously the press conference that happened yesterday. Kind of a good thing I waited because I, want, I was going to record on Wednesday. wanted to wait to see what happens. Connor is absolutely electric. It was a pretty good press. You know, I, Connor's right. The fans w- would have made the world difference. I, I understand why they didn't do the fans because the fans, obviously, Connor is a performer. He's going to perform for the fans. Danny was nervous as shit. He didn't know what was going to go on. You know, they barely, they, they almost didn't let him bring his whiskey in because, I mean, Connor fucking throws. I mean, he would have cracked the bottle over Khabib's head probably. Who knows? Who knows what would have happened? But, you know, I think they missed a little bit with the fans. It was it was a big deal. People were, I saw the pictures of people watching Times Square. You know, I obviously watched it. It was, it was an event. It was on ESPN News, which I, I which I don't even know why I try to watch it on there instead of the stream. They bleeped. I mean, everything was bleeped because Connor's cussing left and right. Kind of a odd move to put on ESPN News and, and, and just bleep the whole thing. No one heard what he said. But uh, it was it was entertaining. It was good. I sent out a, a tweet about how, you know, Connor was a little unhinged. He was a little crazy, uh, crazier than normal, in my opinion. You know, he was just um, kind of just, you know, doing whatever he wants. It, it's pretty obvious he runs the show there. Dana has no control over him whatsoever. He's pretty much Dana's boss. I know he doesn't have equity in the company, and he wants to be a co-promoter. And he did say something about McGregor Sports Entertainment is going to be in partner with this or whatever. That's something, obviously, that he just signed a new six-fight deal, so that's something they worked out. His his whiskey's going to be on the mat for, for several fights to come. Which uh, a lot of people, I mean, that's a smart, smart move. An Irish man releasing some Irish whiskey. Not a whiskey on myself, but uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's good. 
But, uh, you know, the press conference was good. There's some really good Connor quotes. But my tweet, I said, you know, I, I really wouldn't miss the, the old Connor, which was he sat back. He talked when when was appropriate. You know, he would obviously talk over people always. But, you know, the, the more he talks, I think the less powerful it is. I thought he had some great sound bites in the press conference. I just think, you know, the the, the mocking Khabib and everything like that, I think that was a little, you know, eh, you're stretching it, you know. And I think it could have been worse if he actually had an audience there, you know, because fans and everything would eat that up. I prefer the more um, cerebral approach where he's, he's going to talk about how he's going to break someone's body down, chop their legs, the man's weak. He, he touched on that a little bit. He said, you know, Khabib, all Khabib does is – die for legs and, and and he has no stand up and he's got a glass jaw and you know he, he's the one thing you'll never never ever tell conor mcgregor is when he gets into it he's not he's not underprepared he knows everything right so that was what i was pressed about i, I want to send another tweet out today i i, I slipped my mind kind of redacting because i did watch the press conference again i i watched it over redacting my previous statement as much as i thought he was unhinged and, and, and he was wild and stuff he was like at the, the eddie alvarez press conference as well i think uh you know with the, with the, the mayweather press conference he was he was he was a little like that as well i think he was a little more tame because you know mayweather kind of May, mayweather was the alpha in that situation and connor wanted to be the alpha but when you're as good as mayweather and and, and, and it's mayweather's promotion i know you co-promote it or whatever you did but i mean it was a mayweather show and and mayweather's the alpha in that situation and, and uh as much as i think connor can talk better than mayweather and and and, and is smarter than mayweather mayweather was the alpha so connor's the alpha when he's over here so i don't know i didn't know how he handled it, it was, but it was really great to see him back um you know he's he's only going to be fighting once or twice a year from here on out the rest of his career i mean we might have three or four more connor fights in ufc i mean if I'm being realistic, I, I don't think he'll jump over to boxing again. I, I just don't think there's anything there. I mean, was he going to fight Canelo Alvarez? I mean, that'd be a terrible idea. But, um, you know, Connor came out and, and was saying some good things. But I love the the research he did. So, um, you know, obviously, Khabib is a very, you know, very proud Russian Dagestani man. And, and, and apparently there's some bad blood between Dagestanis and Chechens and what have you, and his dad, and there's like a dictator that put a bunch of money into Khabib's camp, which I did hear that story. Connor knew all about that. Called that guy a piece of shit. Connor was invited to the World Cup game and took a picture with uh, Vladimir Putin. Not sure if he sat with Putin, but I remember the picture. He brought that up. Like, are you disrespecting Putin? It became like diplomatic, like argument. Like Connor, like knew his stuff about his country because I mean you're not gonna you're not gonna get under Khabib's skin tell him how bad he sucks and tell him all this stuff like that and tell him what you're gonna do to him. Khabib's a fucking animal. He doesn't care about that. But when you start when you start doing the you know the the he's a very prideful man. You start hitting on the father stuff. How his father doesn't have a visa and then his father's a traitor and then all his friends are traitors and you know you're you know Chechen brothers and this and that. You can get to him, and Khabib cracked only once. I thought Khabib had a really good, uh, really good stone face. I mean, he he was giving it, he was giving it back to Connor as well. But uh, you know, Connor, it's Connor's Connor. You're not going to win that war. But the one thing Khabib did get a little upset was an reporter reporter said Khabib Assam Assam and then he congratulated Connor on his whiskey. And Khabib said, "You can't say Assam Alaikum and then congratulate a guy on whiskey. You just can't do that. It's wrong." And Connor's like, what? Like, why not? And then so Connor started saying it because Connor obviously learned Assalamu alaikum. And then there was something else after that you say to people or whatever. Um, obviously, uh, uh, I believe uh, Khabib is, is he, is he Islam, I guess? Islamic? Uh, whatever. I don't know. But Connor did his research and I, and I thought that was really good. It's obviously it's a show. It's obviously worth checking out if you haven't seen it. it you know, just watch the highlights. It was, it was pretty good, you know. Pretty intense for a while. Connor stood up and, and was classic Connor. Tried to give him some whiskey. Khabib doesn't drink. You know, Connor was drinking some whiskey. Dana drank some. Dana was nervous the entire time. Um, and then during the stare downs, it was a really good stare down. You know, Connor, they didn't touch each other. They just Connor wanted to get in his face. Dana let him. Obviously, just intense just him in the face. Connor was talking to him. And then fucking Ali Abazib, something. I can't pronounce his name. He's 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 the manager to the stars. He starts yelling, why do you have two belts? Because obviously Connor's not a champion in any weight division. He's not 45, he's not 55. Why do you have two belts? And then Connor's was like, fuck you. He's like, how's Noah? And, you know, he's yelling all this stuff at Ali, and I didn't know what he, what the hell he, who's Noah? What's this? Apparently Ali's got a, uh, had a son out of wedlock years ago and doesn't take care of him. And 
is not a part of his life and he's, you know, lives with his mother and stepdad and, 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 you know, he's a teenage kid and, and Ali was, I guess, kind of a deadbeat dad many, many years ago and, and fucking Connor was like, how's, how's Noah? Which is just crazy. I mean, I know Ali is, but, but I, I don't know what Ali was even doing. Like he, this guy is like, he'll post pictures of training with Khabib. Do you really think like you are benefiting training with Khabib. I mean, Khabib's the, you know, arguably the number one fighter in the world. Definitely number number one at 155 currently. I mean, there could be an argument made with Connor. But, I mean, what are you doing getting in there? You're a manager. Just stick to managing. You know, he, I've seen him. You know, he's, he's Kamar Uzman's manager, and there's a video that got that released about two months ago. They were in a, in a fight in a crowd. Ali's throwing punches in a suit. and. I don't know, man. I just, I don't know if I would want that in a manager, you know. Obviously, the guy's passionate, wants your best interest, but, you know, you're you're shouting at fighters and you're doing this and, and, and it caused all this thing. And then Khabib just walked off. Dana was like, get out of here, Ali. And then Connor stood on the stage and, and, and took center stage and, and took his took his picture with his two belts and his, and his fancy suit and his whiskey. And, uh, you know, fight's 15 days away from right now, which is crazy, two weeks away. Very excited. Very, it's going to be an incredible fight. I mean, um, it's going to hopefully break all paper records. They're going to do one more press conference the week of the fight, and that will be with the other fighters and the fans, I'm assuming. And um, that that will be a little more tense because both guys will be probably, be, you know, week of the fight, you know, probably Wednesday or Thursday before, you know, they'll, they're going to be cutting a little weight. Both guys look in great shape. Connor looked very trim, very in shape, didn't look as, as thick as he has in the past. He's definitely in shape. I bet. I bet you anything. He's probably like one sixty eight right now, if I had to guess. Uh, one sixty five, maybe even. He's probably about ten pounds off <clears throat> from fifty five. Khabib looks great too. Khabib blows up a little bit in, tw- in between camps, and I know he's been staying a little lighter, and he looked fantastic as well. Uh, great press conference uh, again. You know, uh, Connor's a showman. Connor is a star. There's no one going to be like Connor. Hopefully. Fighters that want to get millions and millions of dollars, which they should, hopefully they don't watch that and go, this is what I need to do, because there's, there's no Connor. You know, Colby, Colby, a lot of people were saying Colby stole Connor's thing. Colby's completely different from Connor. If Colby stole from anybody, it was Chael, because Colby's, you know, you know, make America great again. He's doing the whole, I don't know if he if he's even a fan of Trump. I mean, the guy's from Portland, Oregon. What I know about Portland, Oregon is it's, it's full of fucking hipsters and vegans and liberals so i mean he might just be a rare bird out there but uh it could be a stick it could not be he, he you know it, it got him a championship it got him a title fight you know now and it got him to meet president trump so uh good for them good for him it was a great press conference though so if you haven't seen it go check that out uh connor is back for the time being uh if he it, I, um you know i'm gonna save my prediction for the fight for the week of we'll do we'll break that whole fight down I got, i'm already constantly thinking about it but um yeah, where, where you know, I don't know where Connor goes from there. If he if he wins, he's gonna ride off in the sunset, being the best fifty five er, and only get, you know he might you know the only time I see him coming back is maybe Nate Diaz. I mean, I don't know if he's gonna want to fight Max Holloway. He's been very complimentary of Max. He was complimentary of, of Poirier and Diaz, who are gonna fight. They asked for his prediction. He said they're both great fighters. Hope it's a great fight. Didn't give a prediction. So I don't know. And then the uh, next up, we got John Jones is now not well, not officially clear uh, clear yet, but. He took his case to arbitration, and they declared that he unwillingly knew and took steroids, so they gave him a 15-month suspension, which is retroactive, so it started back in July. So he is eligible to fight July 2017. He is eligible to fight October 28th, so anything after 28th, he's eligible to fight. I put a tweet out that uh, that I, I love. Uh, I, love uh, I got a very small amount of heat. Some people were saying some stuff, just random people. I put out... John Jones versus Alexander Gilveston, main event for two, UFC 230, New York. Please credit MMA takes. Now, I stole that little bit from Pardon My Take, a uh, very popular podcast, PMT. Boys, they they sent out, they'll send out things like, you know, like the Browns sign or the Browns cut, you know, please credit us. They're just guessing. So I kind of did that in that vein, like I'm guessing. It's an educated guess. I, you know, Joe Rogan mentioned on the uh, on the broadcast, we know some shit you don't know. That's a stack card, and they don't have a main event yet, so... <clears throat> it only made sense that they're going to give a New York guy, John Jones. And I mean, who else is there to really take the fight? I'm not really sure. If you're not putting Nate Diaz as the main event, then you got to have a better main event than that. Cause I think Poirier Diaz could carry that card. But so I, I just put that out there and people were like, have a shred of journalistic integrity. You can't just put this out with your new, with no sources. And it's like, and I comment and I try to joke around with the guy. He did not respond back or anything like that. But it's like, 
you know, I, I if, if well, you know, I maybe it's a little naive of me that they know, like, you know, that I was like joking. Obviously, I'm assuming everyone. And maybe I wasn't joking. Maybe I was like, it was like 50-50. I was just trying to be right. And then like, I, the joke was, is when the fight got announced, I was going to start like messaging other reporters and going, yeah, I, re- I reported this first back two weeks ago. So it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I was trying to joke around, trying to do some little social media, um, social media guessing, I guess. I mean, because everyone can be a fucking journalist if they have a Twitter page. You know, there was, you know, things, you know, I, some, a buddy of mine sent me something. Some kid was like, yeah, breaking news. This is happening. I was like, no, it's not. It never came true. Maybe that guy was doing the same thing I was doing. I don't know. But uh, John Jones is back after October 28th. Uh, Dana White did say that he is not, 100% not going to fight on the New York card. I don't know what that's about. I mean, they need a main event for that card. They need to announce it soon. I mean, it's a great, great card, but they need to get a main event for that Um Joanna and Sochenko just got announced for UFC 231, so I'm um, not really sure what they're going to do with the New York card. But uh, they need it. Dana said that John Jones is in fact not fighting on it. A little sad news here: Black Zillion founder Greg uh, Glenn Robinson died of a heart attack a couple days ago. Um, again, not don't know Glenn Robinson personally. I know he put together the Black Zillions, was the manager for a lot of those guys, was on the season of the Ultimate Fighter, um, was a businessman, I believe, and then started the gym, and then you know had had a lot of different adventures, whatever like that. Really close with the shot Evans. Black Zillions kind of blew up, and uh, I didn't really hear much from him after that. But, uh, you know, it's anytime an MMA family member, I guess, if you want to call it that, uh, passes away, it's very sad. So uh, thoughts out to Glenn Robinson's family. You know, obviously, if he died of a heart attack, it must have been pretty sudden. So, uh, yeah, there's that. That's a little sad news. And then we got uh, Triple G Canelo was last weekend. Um, I saw the fight. You know, it was it was a good fight. It was it was it was uh, Canelo impressed me a lot. I, I'm I'm a fan of Triple G. I wanted Triple G to win. Um, I thought Canelo, uh, Canelo's never really blew me away. I thought I thought he he looked really great against lower competition, and then you know like against you know like a, a Kirkland or Amir Khan where he's sleeping these guys. I mean that's good, but those are you know those are guys with some chin issues. Amir Khan's a little smaller than you and stuff like that. You know he got. He got outboxed and just outmatched by uh, Floyd when they fought many years ago. Um, the first fight with Triple G, I did think Triple G won that fight. It was competitive, but I think I thought Triple G had more gas. I thought Triple G landed bigger shots, walked through everything Canelo did. I had Canelo winning this fight. It was very close. I know a lot of people thought Triple G won it. I think they think that they said that because everyone was rooting for Triple G. Um, you know, Triple G slowed down the middle rounds and not let Canelo come back and really dominate. And then the later fight, Cane- uh, Triple G was coming back, but Canelo was walking through Triple G's punches. This guy who's knocked out, however, you know, he's he, he's undefeated and he's got like this crazy knockout percentage. I mean, he hasn't even dropped Canelo in two fights. He hasn't even wobbled him. You know, everyone say, "Oh, I think he hurt him with that right hand." Well, yeah, I mean, he stung him with the right hand, but he's not hurting him. There's no wobbling, no knocking down. Canelo marched forward too. Canelo had the bigger gas tank. Canelo had the better boxing, better combinations. Triple G looked. Uh, Triple G's tough as nails. He took everything too. It was a very, very good fight. These guys are gonna. Every time they're gonna fight, it's gonna be a close fight like that. None of them are gonna break. But uh, after all the the steroid beef and 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 <laughs> steroid beef, get it. Because Canelo got busted with steroids, he said it was Mexican beef, and then him and Triple G had beef because of steroids. You know, it was a play on words. I thought it was very funny, um, but uh, yeah, Canelo won. I thought, and he did win. I mean, he won a, he won a majority decision and uh, run it back a third time. I mean, um, I guess. I mean, who else is there for him to fight? I mean, I know the the Charlo brothers are out there, and there's, and David Lemieux, and there's a, there's a couple other guys out there for Canelo to fight. But I mean. I mean, I guess run it back. I mean, if if you can sell it, who knows? Little last little thing before I get to my final little. It's not really news, but Floyd Mayweather was in, after the weekend was in the was in Tokyo with Manny Pacquiao. I believe they were in Tokyo. They were somewhere, and and uh, Floyd announced that he's coming back every time to fight Manny Pacquiao. And then everyone's like, "Oh, okay, why? No one wants that fight. No one's really asking for that fight." And then he came out again and said that he wants to do his tune-up fight in Tokyo. So he wants to, before the Mayweather fight, obviously handpick an opponent where he can get some ring rust off, fight that person in Tokyo. I'm assuming he's partnering with somebody in, in Japan, some businessman, some some whatever, to, to, to make this happen. And um, But yeah, who cares? 
That's my who cares of the week. Who cares? Floyd, like, I love you. I mean, right off in the sunset with your $800 million or billion dollars or whatever you have. I don't want to see the Pacquiao fight. I didn't want to see it the first time. It was five years too late the first time. Now it's 10 years, 10 years too late. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'll watch it. I'm sure I'll be entertained by it or whatever. But I just, you know, I don't know. Why? Oh, why? I don't get it. Last little thing here. Um, wasn't going to bring this up on the podcast, but I think I should. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. Let me start. To, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. I don't think people are out to get me. I don't think I'm more important than I am. I know I'm a small fish in a very, very, very big pond. I released some T-shirts months ago that no one bought. You know, thank you. If you're listening to this, thank you for buying for not buying a T-shirt. You know, a couple families and friends bought some of the MMA. I'm actually wearing one right now. Let me tell you. I guarantee you're going to get laid in it. And it, let me tell you something. It has worked. So, sucks for you for not doing it. Anyway, back to the serious note. I created uh, create a shirt when... Uh, they announced the Diaz Poirier fight, and it was in, in in the same vein as as Dare. So everyone knows the famous Dare shirt with Dare across the thing. It says "Keep kids, uh, keep kids off drugs." I created a shirt that says Diaz instead of Dare, and it says "Don't be scared, homie." His famous catchphrase: "The Diaz brothers love smoking pot. They they've been suspended from the UFC from." All the athletic commissions from getting busted with pot, more so Nick than Nate, but you know they both smoke a lot of weed, and, and, and it is what it is. So I had that shirt idea. I put it out, put it on social media. This is about two months ago. Social media announced on the podcast, the the blog, Twitter, blah blah blah, everything like that. I put it out. Now over the weekend or last week or or I think early last week, maybe it was early this week. I'm not exactly sure when it was. Uh, I think it was early this week. Josh Gordon signed with the Patriots. Barstool Sports, obviously the founder Dave Portnoy is a big Boston guy, loves the Patriots, whatever, and Josh Gordon signed with them, and Josh Gordon has notoriously been known to be suspended for many seasons with with, uh, with drug use, with smoking weed, and he just can't seem to get it right. So they came out with a shirt that said, Pats, keep Josh Gordon off drugs. The same exact style as mine, the same, everything was the same. So... uh Mine came out two months before that, and I did put it on social media. Obviously, I don't have copyright training or this stuff like that, and I and I truly, truly don't believe that they stole it from me. I, I, I really don't. I think that it, I think it's they call it parallel thinking. I think, uh, you know, it's it. I, just, I think that's what it is. It's parallel thinking. I just think you know they thought the same thing I thought, and maybe they had this design back pocket. The only thing is, is I had some friends convince me, like, hey, maybe, well, hang on a second, maybe they did stumble across this and they saw it and, and put it in their back pocket. I don't know. You know, like I said, I put it on Instagram. I put it on all these things. I don't have a ton of followers on any all my platforms. Don't really know who would have saw it. Could have came across anybody. They could have saw it on Teespring for all I know. But the one thing that's funny, the one thing that's like get percolate in my head, like, hmm, is that the T-shirt, uh, Barstool gets their T-shirts made and shipped and everything from Cincinnati, Ohio. They get Mason, Ohio, which is about 30 minutes up the street from me. So the guy who does their T-shirts, who distributes your t-shirts i believe he designs them with the guys at barstool so you know they'll email back and forth about designs they all do it out of cincinnati so uh would it be that impossible that he stumbled across that not really but again i sold zero and i'm sure they're selling hundreds if not thousands of those shirts i mean they they they, they sell merch 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 the only solace i can take and yes i'm using the word solace is that at least Barstool Sports, which I'm a huge fan of. I, I love Bar- I love Bar- uh, Barstool Sports. They sell a lot of merch. They have a big, huge audience. They're growing every day. I, you know, I respect everyone. Not everyone, but you know, Big Cat and, and, and El Prez and, and everything like that. I, I enjoy those guys thoroughly. The only thing I can have peace at, if they did steal it, at least I, I know I have good ideas, right? Because I definitely was first. I definitely put that shit out first, regardless of if they saw it, if not, whatever. Again, could have been parallel thinking, but my parallel parallel thinking came out first. I mean, they could have done the shirt with Diaz. I mean, they got they got fucking dork ass Robbie Fox over there holding down for MMA. He's not coming out with shirts. He only writes about Conor McGregor. That's all he cares about. Come out with another Conor McGregor shirt. You know what I mean? So uh, that, that's just my little rant. I mean, who knows? You be the judge if you did. You know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to. 
a Barstool website and, and look at the store, you'll see the Pat shirt. And then if you go to mine, you'll see my shirt. I might even write a blog about it. But again, I don't want to accuse anybody of stealing. I don't think they stole my idea. Again, I truly do think it's parallel thinking. But, you know, it, it's fun to think about it. It's fun to be like, maybe. All right. So let's let's get into everyone's favorite segment. This is the... Next up, that's uh, this is the last one I got for the, for the men here. It's uh, the next up, uh, a two five at heavyweight. Who who are the who are in my humble opinion the next up to get a shot to to, to maybe wear the strap at heavyweight? So let's go two hundred five pounds light heavyweight. Next up is John Jones. I mean, it's I mean the guy got announced he was going to be it anyway. Uh, DC's not fighting at two hundred five anymore. I, I don't think if, if DC wants to fight at two hundred five, he should have to fight John Jones. He came out and said he's past that chapter. He doesn't want to fight John Jones. But there's never going to be a day where DC defends his belt at 205 and it's not against John Jones. Okay? I know he threw, he floated out the Shogun thing. That's not going to fucking happen. Shogun got knocked out by Anthony Smith. Maybe Gus again, but I think Gus would rather fight John Jones maybe to get that win back. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe he wanted to fight for the title. I think DC is going to get stripped of it. I think DC is going to finish his career at heavyweight. I know he has two more fights left. Don't know who's going to fight in December. He wants to fight Brock in March, which is, I think, a possible uh, for the heavyweight strap, which is a big, huge money thing, which I understand. That's I'm, I have no problem with that. But I don't see him fighting at 205 anymore. I just don't see it. And then next up at heavyweight is Stipe. Come on. Who else is there? Heavyweight is the thinnest division. I don't know who you have. Who else do you think is going to fight, at, uh, fight DC because he's champ? Brock Lesnar obviously is getting the next shot, which I just said previously I'm okay with because it's Brock Lesnar. He's going to put asses in seats, and, and the promo they're cutting the cage is fantastic. But listen, I don't think Stipe needs to fight again. I think Stipe could wait this out. I'm not sure if he wants to be active or not. Um, I wouldn't hate an immediate rematch. If, if DC wants to fight Stipe before he fights Brock, obviously that's jeopardizing the Brock fight, so I don't think probably wouldn't be the best business decision if if he did that but i mean it, it could happen he doesn't want to cut to 205 anymore you're not going to fight anybody else at heavyweight you know you, i think dc has earned a lot of things in his life i think in his mma career i'm a fan of dc i think he earned the brock fight hopefully he hits his last fight and he gets that big payday and and rise off into the sunset um and then obviously he has a, a future in the and um calling fights and working the desk and I know he's at Fox, and I don't know if he's going to transfer to ESPN when that all happens early next year. But, uh, yeah, but Stipe Miocic, uh, the guy broke every heavyweight record. Obviously, the fight with DC I thought was pretty entertaining. He got caught coming off the clinch. It happens. You know, I think I think if anybody deserves a, a rematch in any division, I think Stipe is because he's the best heavyweight, I think, not named Daniel Cormier, obviously. So that's my next up. Let's jump right into top five, baby. I need to get a little jingle for top five. If you're listening to this and you are a jingle writer or or um, uh, a talented singer, because I cannot sing, sounds like dogs fucking when I sing. So uh, maybe maybe email me a little jingle what you got with top five. Anyway, top five short notice fights. This is gonna go. This is gonna coincide with uh, the Brazil card, which is I'm gonna break down the full card after the top five. You're gonna hear a little sound effect. So you can either stop listening if you don't want if you don't like the Pick'em podcast. Or you can listen to it all the way out because I'm, I'm breaking down the entire card of the top five. Okay. Top five short nose fights. Number five, Chris Lieben versus Sexyama. Chris Lieben took this fight a little over two weeks, I think, a little under two weeks, maybe. Uh, manager, uh, it, manager, he fought January or June 19th and fought Sexyama July 3rd, uh, coming off two wins. He fought Aaron Simpson, which was a very tough fight for him. He got rocked in that fight. Came back and knocked Aaron Simpson out. Then he fought Sexyama, who was, you know, the man for a while there at 185. He was, he's a gorgeous Japanese man. I mean, the, the guy's a superstar where, he, where he's from. You know, he's a singer, he's a model, he's a fighter. He can do it all. Uh, Chris Lieben was losing that fight. Sexyama was controlling it, you know, punching, taking him down, and uh, hitting Chris Lieben at will. Chris Lieben didn't look like he was there. He's like, man, why did I take this fight on two weeks' notice? I had to cut weight again. He just looked completely out of it, and then he came back and won with a triangle. On two weeks' notice, it was an awesome. The crowd went nuts. It was, a, it was a very, very, very entertaining fight. I was a big, huge Chris Lieben fan back in the day. Next up, you got Donald Cerrone versus Benson Henderson. Benson Henderson. Donald Cerrone took this fight on 15 days' notice. He had already lost to Benson Henderson, I believe, once, maybe even twice. I know they, they fought in the WC and Benson got him. 
So he took this fight on short notice. I, I, I wish I knew who dropped out. Obviously, Benson was on the card already. Uh, I can't remember who dropped out, but uh, non-title fight, three-round fight, and they fought, and Donald Stroney won a, a unanimous decision, maybe even a split decision. But, uh, you know, that's his, that's his cowboy, man. He, he, uh, there, I'm sure there's several other short-notice fights. It's the only one that stood out to me where he, where he took, took it on short notice and won, and, um, you know, that's Cowboy Stroney, man. He, 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 I know a guy. I fucking know a guy is what he says. Next up, this is going to be three and two are both going to be Anderson Silva because I love the guy so much. Anderson Silva's DC, less than 48 hours, fifty two hundred. He looked like shit in that fight. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. He, he just, DC absolutely dominated Anderson Silva in that fight, but he didn't finish him. It was a non-title fight, three rounds, and for, for both those guys to take the fight is tremendous. I mean, Daniel Cormier could have lost a lot. I mean, Anderson Silva's dangerous even on 48 hours notice. I know he's getting older at the time or what have you, but... Anderson stepping up going, you know what? John Jones got busted with drugs. I'll take the fight. It could have even been like 24 hours. It was something crazy. He was on weight. I don't know how much weight he cut. I'm sure he, Anderson still was not the, he doesn't, I mean, he's a big guy, but he doesn't walk around super heavy. So obviously he was right around 205, took the fight. Daniel got to stay on the car in UFC 200. Super impressive by Anderson Silver taking that fight on, on on less than 48 hours notice. That's insane. Then we got Anderson Silver, Stefan Bonner. This was a, a few weeks notice. Anderson stepped in to save the Brazil card. Wanted to fight in front of his people. Said, I'll go up to 205. I don't give a shit. I'll fight whoever. Stefan Bonner was the guy that he fought. And he, uh, very famous Anderson Silver fights. Stood in the cage, the head movements. Need Bonner in the chest. About caved in his fucking chest. And ended the fight on the ground. So... Anderson Silva used to used to step up, do those short notice fights. I love it. Chael Sonnen is not on this list. Chael Sonnen uh, definitely stepped up and, and fought on short notice, and he and he continues to do it, but he just doesn't win a whole lot, and it's not impressive. But Chael Sonnen won the toughest they come. Number one, Michael Bisming is with Luke Rockhold. This is this is obvious. Michael Bisming two weeks out came off a movie set, wasn't really training. They asked they asked him to step in to fight Luke Rockhold. He says yes. Um, obviously at that point you, you, you're basically cutting weight. You're not really training. I'm sure they were training a few key points like the left hook that ended up finishing rock hold and whatnot, but really you're, you're just trying to get in sh- the best shape you can to, to fight. Um, you know, and this, this is coming off of the fact that he just, he not just, but he lost to Rocco. Rocco head, head kicked him and choked him out. Like a pretty, pretty decisive win for Luke Rocco. Luke Rocco was a champion that really nobody really wanted to fight. Bisbee stepped up, was like, all right, and then basically cemented his legacy. He already had a pretty great legacy before that, but that just put the capper on it. Like most UFC fights, first British uh, champion, all those things, and uh, pretty pretty impressive by old old the old count the old count doing that. So that's number one. That's the top five. You don't have a better one, and uh, so we're gonna take a uh, we're gonna do you're gonna hear a little sound effect, and then we're gonna go right to the Brazil card, Sao Paulo. It's time! What better way to kick off the Sao Paulo than going to old school, old school MMA takes? That was the intro. How to go with my man Bruce there? Because it's time to pick some fights here. You, you know, it's your average. Um, it's your average Brazil card. You know, there's it's loaded with Brazilian fighters. There's some there's some decent fights. They 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 throw in some some interesting matchups here. Obviously, the main event fell apart like fucking forty times. So you got Eric Anders versus Thiago Santos now at two hundred five. Both guys fight at eighty five, but they jumped up two hundred five to say to fight Santos. You know, talented guy, talented fighter. So we'll see how it goes. So let's kick it off here. Eleven and one in Moscow. I got to stay hot here, boys. I got to stay hot here, boys. So first up, we got Livian Souza, the Brazilian gangster. Man, Chael Sonnen might not be happy about that. Versus Alex Chambers, Astro Girl, fighting Alistair. She's 5-4. and four. Souza is 11-1. Again, let's see the line. Line is huge. Yeah, Souza is a minus 1,200 favorite. Chambers is a plus uh, 700. I'm not, you know, again, I'm not in the, I've said it 100 times, said it 1,000 times. I'm not in a big, uh, I don't like betting huge favorites i would obviously stay away from this i wouldn't bet this fight necessarily um anything can happen in a woman's fight that, that that's that's what scares me i don't think chambers is 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 all that great if i'm being honest the Souza is, is is a fantastic grappler i think she's gonna take chambers down and if not submit her uh, you know um and just pound her out and win a decision so this is this is Souza. the, the huge favorite is gonna win this fight 
Next up, we got Eluzu Zaleki Dos Santos. By the way, I want to say, I, I butchered these names. I know that. Listen to Anik, uh, John Hannick, Kenny Florian podcast. They were rehashing Moscow, and John Hannick butchered a few of those Russian names, and he said, I apologize. I've never called their fights before. So when you hear Anik and you hear Rogan, you hear these guys nailing it, they practice for weeks on that, right? They practice to say these guys' names phonetically for weeks. Plus, John Anik's the best in the business, you know? So it is what it is, but, you know, cut me a little slack when I butcher these guys' names. Just, just, a, just a smidge. Anyway, Dos Santos is is a complete beast. He's coming off a knockout over Sean Strickland, which is not easy to do. Sean Strickland, very talented, 170-pounder. Um, I know there was a little marred with controversy, you know, was it earlier, whatever like that. But Dos Santos is the real deal. He's 19-5. and five. He's fighting Luigi Veneramami. Veneramami sounds very Italian, but he is a Brazilian, the Italian stallion. But he says his country's Brazil. A little confused by that. He's a stand-up guy as well. 50% of his wins come by knockout, 50% come by submission, none by decision. He's 8-0. Uh, this line's probably huge. Yeah, um, Luigi is a minus 500 underdog, and Dos Santos is a plus, uh, or I'm sorry, I, I fuck it up. Luigi, uh, Luigi is a plus 500 underdog, and uh, Santos is a minus 800 favorite. You can get him as high as 850. That's crazy. I like Dos Santos a lot. I think this guy's very talented. I'm a little confused why this is the second fight of the night. Maybe they're, you know, trying to sell some fight pass subscriptions there in Brazil because, I mean, the next fight is is definitely, this could be a main card fight. I'm not really sure why this is. But, yeah, the the old uh, Super Mario Luigi is is, uh, Luigi, Mario's brother. God, I butchered that joke. Gosh, I I might edit that out because I butchered it. Anyway, uh, Luigi is going to lose. Uh, Dos Santos should uh, should win that one. Next up, we got Talos Latis versus Hector Lombard. I, for some reason, I feel like this is Latis' last fight. I know Evan Dunham, who's fighting later on the card, I know this is his last fight. For some reason, I feel like Latis is his retirement fight. Talos Latis is fighting Hector Lombard. Talos Latis is 27-9. Hector Lombard is 34-9-1 with two no contests. I believe this line is very, very close. Um, yeah, Talos Latis is a slight underdog at plus 105. Uh, Lombard has come back at a minus 135, which I'm very, very surprised. Both these guys are coming off two or three losses. I think Lombard might even come off four losses. Lombard seems rejuvenated, seems back. Um, I think he has all the talent in the world. I think if he keeps his fight standing, and I think he will, I think he can beat up Latus. Latus is aggressive, decent little chin on him, but I think if Lombard has any conditioning whatsoever, he should win this fight. I'm tempted to go with the underdog on Latus because I, I'm not I'm not crazy about the Hector Lombard pick, if I'm being honest with you. It's, uh, you know, some people have this as listed as even as well, but I'm going to go with Hector Lombard, and I think that's a fight you should bet, actually. I think you can get a uh, nice little money on Hector Lombard. I know he's a slight favorite. Lines are kind of bouncing back and forth depending where you bet from, so you can get him even or you can get him a slight favorite. Um, but I like Hector in that fight. I think I think he, he could be a, a, a pretty tough matchup for Latis, who is uh, primarily a grappler who wants to get the fight to the ground and... Uh, He's going to try. So next up, we got Mara Bueno Silva. Hello, Bueno. Against uh, Jillian Robertson, the Savage. Jillian Robertson, or is it Gillian because you're from Canada? Gillian Robertson, 5-2. and two. She is a submission gal. She's very, very talented in the submission game. She's fighting Mara, uh, Mara Bruna Silva. She is 4-0, oh, both very new in their MMA career. Um, both submission gals. Uh, this should obviously take place on the mat, and the line is a little even. Silva is the underdog at plus 115. Robert uh, Robertson is a minus 145. I actually like Robertson a lot in this fight. I like the Canadian. I think she has really, really slick grappling. Uh, I do not know much about Silva, if I'm being completely honest with you. Obviously, she's Brazilian. I'm looking at it right now. She's got a big old arm tap, longest hair. I mean, her and Holly Holm got you know really long hair. Um, but yeah, Jillian, uh, Jillian kind of looks like a girl I used to ride the bus with in high school. Maybe, maybe she changed her name and moved to Canada. Probably not though. Anyway, I like, uh, I like Robertson or I like Gillian. I like her probably taking this fight to the ground. Obviously this fight's going to play out in the ground and, and I think Gillian might get it done. That'd be a big feather in her cap if she submits a, submits a Brazilian in Brazil. That's, um, that's not easy to do. I guess the main event, I guess for the UFC fight past prelims is Sergio Moraes versus Ben Saunders. Love me some Ben Saunders. He's 22 and 9, 2. Marais is 13, 4 and 1. 
The line uh, is going to be Marais is a huge favorite at minus 285. Saunders with a 225 <clears throat> kickback on him. I, I wish I could take Ben Saunders. I really do. But, you know, I'm, I'm not picking on my heart anymore. I'm picking on my brain. Um, I would maybe even put money on Saunders because I think he's an interesting lay here at 225. You're getting a huge, kick, huge, huge kickback on a guy who's a veteran of the sport who can catch you with a knee anytime you want. Marais is not like this champion world beater. You know, he's been knocked out several times. I do think Marais, though, uh, is, is too aggressive for Saunders. I think he's... Uh, I think Marais is going to come uh, come forward a lot and uh, pressure Saunders, maybe even clip Saunders. Marais has got that weird – he doesn't have the best striking, but he's got some weird power that could could, could land on you. And uh, I, I see him – if not finishing Saunders, I can see him, see him possibly winning this, uh, winning this fight, unfortunately. So uh, I love you, Ben, but I, I got to go Marais on that. Next up, we're on the FS2 prelims. FS2, we got Augusto Saki. Again, sounds like a like a fucking Japanese name, but you know he's from Brazil. He's ten one and one. These are the big boys. He's fighting Chase Sherman, the Vanilla Gorilla, who's eleven and four. Chase is this is his last fight in the UFC contract. He's kind of letting the dice roll here. You know, um, I think they should resign him because they don't have heavyweights at all. I don't know much about Augusto. You know, he's ten one and one. Let's see the line on this fight for you guys. The line is uh, Augusto's a favorite. He's a minus two thirty. Chase Sherman's a plus one eighty. Underdog, you know what? I'm going under here. I'm going the under. I'm going Chase, Vanilla Girl, and Sherman. I think he's talented. I think he can probably get this gun done. I do not know much about Augusto. He says the fact that he's got an awesome name. Um, I'm not confident in this. Chase is a plus 180 underdog. I think that's good money for an unproven heavyweight, as Ntaki is. Um, yeah, I like Chase. I'm going to go Chase, Vanilla Gorilla, Mississippi. Mississippi mean, baby. Next up, we got, we're cruising along. God, I'm such a fucking professional. We got Luis Henrique. Henrique? KLB is his nickname. Hell of a nickname there. He's a 10-4 with one no contest. He's fighting Ryan Spain, Superman. He's 10-5. Very evenly matched fight. Henrique used to fight at heavyweight. He's been finished a few times. He's now dropped down to light heavyweight. Ryan Spain is coming off the contender series. His first try in the contender series, Series he got knocked out. His last time he he ended up winning, and they gave him a contract, I believe, or maybe I don't know if he got the contract, but he's obviously he obviously got a contract fighting the UFC. Really chaps me because again, Chris Curtis should be fighting the UFC. I actually like Harinky in this fight. Harinky, let me give you the line. Luis is a plus one thirty five. Spain is a minus one sixty five. So that's back to back underdog picks there. I just don't know if Spain is ready for this. I think his chin is is a little little questionable, and I, I think Luis. Can catch him. I think. Uh, I, I think I'm believing in Brazil. It's really hard to win in Brazil. It really is. I mean, if you look at the numbers, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Next up, we got Francisco Trinaldo. He uh, looks exactly like the dad from Friday. Um, he is 22 and six, and then he's fighting Evan Dunham, who is 18 seven and one. This is Dunham's last fight. He's retiring after this. Evan Dunham is a plus 165 favorite, with Trinaldo being a minus 205 underdog. Or God damn it, switch those. Switch those. Dunham's the underdog. Trinisco, uh, Trinisco. Francisco Trinaldo's the favorite. I like Trinaldo. Um, he hasn't looked great in his last few fights. Trinaldo, that is. Uh, he was on a pretty crazy win streak for a while there. I just think Dunham. I think Dunham, if, if you're announcing retirement, I think you're kind of checked out a little bit, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, Dunham's body is a little weak. I think that's obviously something Trinaldo's camp has to look at. So you're going to see a lot of knees, a lot of bo- kicks to the body and stuff. I like Evan Dunham. I was really high on him. Sean, his Sean Shirk fight was was one, a really, really good fight. I like watching that fight a lot. Um, I'm going to go with Trinaldo, though. Again, tough to win in Brazil. I think Trinaldo's just going to probably pressure him. And, and Trinaldo's not an easy out for anybody, that's for sure. And I just don't think Evan Dunham has the power or, you know, really the the mindset to go in there and get a finish over, over Trinaldo. Next up, we, last fight on the prelims here, we got Charles Oliveira. To Bronx, he is twenty three and eight. He's fighting Christos Jagos, Christo Jagos, the Spartan. United. He's fighting on the U.S. of A. He's fifteen and six. This line's probably going to be huge. Let me see. Yep. Okay. So Oliveira is the favorite at minus four hundred, and uh, Christos is a plus three hundred favorite or underdog. God, I, I'm going to get so mad at myself. I keep, I keep doing that. I think it's no brainer. I think uh, Charles Alvarez is going to win this fight. Uh, Christos has a few losses by submission. Alvera is a submission king. He gets 
uh, a lot of people, even if they're really good at defending submissions, I see uh, Oliveira winning this fight pretty easily. Um, I see him coming out and showing out against Christos. I do not know much about Christos, so hopefully this guy can uh, surprise me. He's obviously primarily a stand-up. If Oliveira is smart, he'll you know he has good stand up himself, but you know he's shown um, he's shown a pretty lazy chin in some of his fights. So hopefully he gets his fight to the ground and, and gets that dub. Next up, we got Rando Marcos. This is the first fight in the main card, which starts at ten thirty, which is the the most horrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. That means the fight's not going to end until fucking eight in the morning. With the way they pay some Rando Marcos, who's thirteenth ranked, she's eight and seven versus Marina Rodriguez, who is nine and zero, fighting out of Brazil. I've always Random Marcos, one of the girls, one of the more active girls in the UFC. Very, very good grappling. All, strictly grapples. Um, I actually like Marina Rodriguez in this fight <clears throat> because I think she's super, super talented for this division. Really, really fantastic striking. Uh, Random Marcos is a minus 125 and Rodriguez is a minus 105. So basically, even on that, <clears throat> I like Marina Rodriguez. I think she can stop the takedown. I think she's going to. Hit uh, piece Random Marcos up. It's going to be a decision. I don't think there's anybody going to stop anybody. Random Marcos is as tough as they come. Very close decision, but when it, when it comes to a decision, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, the the Brazilian. Next up, we got fight I'm actually looking forward to. Even though he just came in five pounds overweight, Henan Barral. He is 36 and six, fighting Andre Inwell. He is 13 and four. Andre making his UFC debut. Andre, a former or CSS fighter, uh, bantamweight champion, very good striker, um, powerful, moves really, really well, awkward movement, which is good, long arms to the division. He is currently a plus 130 underdog, and Burrell is a minus 160 favorite. Surprise that, I'm, I'm surprised that's not going to move, uh, that didn't move as much as I thought it would. I'm taking Enwell in this. I'm taking the UFC uh, newcomer. I think he's going to... I think Brow didn't take this fight seriously if you come in five pounds overweight or you have an injury. You know, Brow is, 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 you know, went up to 45, couldn't do it, went up to 35. I don't think he's that big for 35 to be having all these kind of weight problems. Um, however, I do think Enwell is, 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 uh, uh, is gonna, I'm mispronouncing his name. It's not Enwell, it's Ooh. It's gotta be Ooh. I think Andre. Excuse me, is is gonna um, cut some really sharp angles and, and piece Brow up. I think it's gonna be a little too much for Brow. I think it's gonna be a very close first round. I don't know Andre's chin that well. I've just seen some of his highlights and watched him fight, and he's pretty much dominated when he's fought. So um, his a lot of his losses uh, or his four losses are by decision or submission. So if Brow wants to get this fight to the ground, he could. Um, so we'll see. I don't know how uh, good Andre's takedown defenses. I just know his striking is. He's very very talented on the feet. Um, so, yep, so let's go Inwell, or ooh, as an, a slight underdog. There's a lot of unders in this. Next up, we got Smiling Sam Alvey, 33-10, and 10, fighting Antonio Rodrigo Nogueiro, the little nog is what people call him. And Sam Alvey's a huge favorite, minus 365. Nog is a plus 275 underdog. Not Little nog hasn't fought in three years. Sam Alvey's fights almost like three every three days, it feels like. This is a pretty big no-brainer for me. I'm going Sam Alvey. I think Sam Alvey's on a nice little streak right now. I think he's in kind of that groove where you know he's he Sam Sam's got some power and and Nog's primary primary thing is is, is stand up in boxing and he's going to be in boxing range. I think he's going to get caught by Sam. Sam has a, that crazy counter power, you know, and and hopefully this fight isn't 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 a dud because uh, Noguera comes forward, but I can see it be a, a little passive. Sam likes to counter. Noguera probably knows he likes to counter. I don't think uh, Noguera's getting Sam down. I think Sam has a pretty good takedown offense, and and obviously if he goes to the ground, Sam. I haven't seen much of him on the ground. I'm sure he's competent, uh, but no, if it goes to the ground, Noguera obviously have, has the advantage. But I like Sam. I think Sam's going to clip him. I think this might be uh, Little Nog's last fight ever. Um, I think that's uh, a pretty safe bet right there. You got now we're, I guess, co-main event here. You got Alex Oliveira, Cowboy, 18-4-1. He's fighting Carlo Pedersoli. He's 11-1. I believe Oliveira is a pretty big favorite. Yeah, he's a minus 450 favorite over 325. I think that's insane. I think Carlo Pedersoli is is a very, very talented fighter. Um, Oliveira is hot right now, though. He's coming off a big win over Carlos Condit. Oliveira has... Pretty good wrestling, a lot better than I think people give him credit for. He's good off his back. He does get tired, though, so I don't know how Carlo Pedasoli's gas tank is. This is a tough fight for me to pick. I want to pick the big dog. 
You know what? I'm going to pick aloe vera for the record. But off the record, I think you should bet Carlo because he went a lot of money. Okay. Main event time. Tiago Santos versus Eric Anders. I love that Eric Anders stepped up for this fight. I know he's the underdog. Let me give you the line. I looked this up earlier. So Eric Anders is a plus 125 underdog. Santos is a minus 155 favorite. To me, that's absolutely insane. I think this fight is one of my easier fights to pick. Santos has shown a chin, uh, lack of a chin in, in a lot of his fights. And Eric Anders is coming off a big knockout over Tim Williams. Looked a little passive in that fight. Looked a little off. Took this fight on six days notice. Flew to fucking Brazil. They're fighting up a weight class. Eric Anders 11-1. His only loss is a split decision in Brazil to Leo Tomashita. Tiago Santos is 18-6. He's coming off a pretty big win over Kevin Holland, where he grappled Kevin Holland the entire time. But uh, I look back at that Dave Branch fight where Dave Branch caught him in boxing range and, and, and clipped Santos and put him out. I think Eric Anders has power in his hands. I think Eric Anders is going to use the power. I think this might even be over in the first round, depending on how aggressive either guy is. I like Eric Anders. I like the under. That's my lock of the night. Lock of the night and an under. Boom. Take it to the bank, baby. Whew. That's the show. What a show. We're at an hour. The only time I've ever hit an hour was when me and Austin were just sitting there making dick jokes to each other. So that's it. That's the MMA Takes podcast. I will be back next week. Um, you know, we're getting close to that Connor fight, people. I'll be, uh, you know, and, and again, we're, we're trying to grow here. I'm, I'm reaching out to people. We're, we're trying different, some different things now. Um, so hopefully stick with us. If you're, if you're tired of listening to me talk, I, I completely understand that, but we're going to get more people on. We're going to, we're going to try to, to get this thing to be the best what it is and go buy a goddamn shirt link in the bio. See ya.